and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers. Today on the Big Gay Agenda. I have no idea. Caitlin has no idea what's on the Big Gay Agenda today. We had a Big Gay Agenda, and then it is now a rescheduled Big Gay Agenda, so we're doing this agenda item. (laughs) How much can you say agenda? A lot. I will be your host who knows what's going on, and Caitlin is our learning participant, shall we say? We're going to play a little game, dear listener. Okay. And this game is, what on earth is this? talking about so i want caitlin to guess based on the lines that i've put on this slide these are song lyrics they say if you're listening at home when emma falls in love i know that boy will never be the same because she's the kind of book that you can't put down like if cleopatra grew up in a small town caitlin what is going on here is this an english class (laughs) what the hell no not an english class this is the Big Gay Energy Podcast. What do you think is going on with these words? When Emma... F- okay, so I think that this person may like Emma, but and Emma is with someone else, but she doesn't quite love him yet. But if she, when she falls in love, he's never going to be the same because she's the best thing in the world and because she's basically a queen to her. I absolutely love that interpretation because, yes, when you're just looking at this, it sounds like whoever's writing it worships Emma, right? Like a queen. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm with you, Caitlin. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about (laughs) queer themes. (laughs) We're going to talk about a topic I've wanted to talk about for a very long time, which is queer themes in Taylor Swift songs. So that was a Taylor Swift lyric. (laughs) That was one of my guesses, by the way. (laughs) I know. That's why I didn't let you guess. So like her or not, Taylor Swift is one of the most popular artists on the planet. In fact, she just had a concert like a few days ago. And the crowd was dancing so forcefully that it caused seismic activity that's considered an earthquake. So, yeah, no, I'm not even kidding. Like, it was recordable. Like, it shook the earth from all the dancing from her thousands of fans at her concert. I'm not making this up. That's insane. It's like the Mamma Mia ending. (laughs) Yeah, it's, that's, okay. So, she is literally earth-changing. Um... Uh, if you don't know who Taylor Swift is, she is a how? musician. Which how? But she is a musician, singer, lyricist, music video director, etc. She wears many hats. Her work, because she's so popular, clearly appeals to a wide variety of audiences, including members of the queer community, yours included. So, in honor of the Eras Tour, which is going on right now, it's about to go into its international branch, I think. Which, um, for all those who are going. Uh, good for you. I'm totally not still salty about the Ticketmaster debacle that cost me a ticket. Like, hold on. She was in the airport on the way back from Vancouver with all of us trying to get these tickets. And I was about ready. I'm like, should we delay our flights <laughs> to get you there? Yeah, no, the Ticketmaster site crashed. And so people were in the queue for hours and hours and hours. And I was one of them who could not get a ticket. So not salty at all about that. Not at all. Not at all. But there's, a, I think it's rumored that she's coming back here. Rumor has it. We'll see. But anyway, in honor of the Eras tour that's still going on, we thought we'd take a closer look at the themes in Taylor Swift's music that the gays and the days can relate to. What this discussion, despite the lyrics we just showed you, what this discussion is not about is the artist's sexuality in any way, shape, or form. We're not 
talking about the artist. This is strictly looking at the music, particularly the lyrics, and why it's so it resonates with queer people like me. So that is what this <laughs> is about. If you're looking for like gayler content, you're not going to find it here. This is just her music and an analysis of the music. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. We try not to talk about people themselves in this. Podcast. No, I don't. I don't think that is. That's not. We're not talking about the artist. We're talking about the work and analyzing the work and why do queer people love it so much? So, you ready, Caitlin? Oh yeah, so ready. So let's get back to Emma falls in love. The song. So this song is clearly gives vibes of just like worshiping women, whether it's queer or not. If you take it out of context, it kind of sounds like the lyricist is worshiping Emma by comparing her to Cleopatra, who was literally a queen, like you said. I love that you said that. And the next line is also weird and kind of like a queer thing. The next line after she says, like, is singing, like Cleopatra grew up in a small town and all the bad boys would be good boys if they only had a chance to love her. And to tell you the truth, sometimes I wish I was her. It's that for like me reading that through a queer lens it's like that thing where like the lines before that are almost like worshiping this emma person and then the next line's like do i want to be her or like do i want to be the boy like it's like you know it's one yeah of those, it's like, like oh i i love you so much i want to be <laughs> yeah and that's like a confusing thing like when you're like first trying to figure this out yeah you know and you're like do I admire this person? Do I want to worship this person? Do I want to be this person? That is why I did not realize I was gay for so long. Oh my gosh. The amount of people I've just like, it's like such huge fans of. <laughs> it's just, it's confusing. Okay, Caitlin. So now we're going to just yes. switch on over. I'm going to play you the lyrics so you can... I assume you've never heard the song before, have you, Caitlin? I have not. I did, Or else I would have known what <laughs> was going on. I know. On. That's what I was kind of counting on. So this song, Emma Falls in Love, is from... Taylor just redid or re-recorded her Speak Now album. And she, this was a song that wasn't on the original album. So this was in Oh, then vault. I really didn't. Exactly. <laughs> so unless you listen to Taylor Swift religiously, you would have missed this song because it literally just came out. So I've I'm been just hearing gonna... more of her songs recently, and, like, she is pretty damn good. She is, and her, like, lyrics, for me, they just, I'm literally the same age as her, so for me, like, I really resonate with the things she's talking about in her lyrics, because they follow the trajectory of, like, my life as well, in terms of, like, growing up. And like the way you're kind of looking at love, relationships, etc. So it's very relatable. And her lyrics very much mature as she gets older. And it's just, it's cool to see the evolution of that. All right. So I'm just going to play you the clip that's essentially the lyrics we just went over. When Emma falls in love, I know that boy will never be the same. She's the kind of that you can't put down. Like if Okay, so that's Emma Falls in Love. Did um, you hear all that? Yes, I did. It's a really good song. I like it. It's new. As in it, this she wrote this when she was younger, but it is released to the world now. That's that's cool. I know. So she's releasing all of this stuff again because she has the ownership, right? Yeah. So that's a whole other thing. Like basically, when she was, so she's been doing this since she's a teenager, and so she got it to basically her. Long story short, her albums were sold to somebody named scooter braun who's like yeah, misogynist he, and horrible he and, managed justin bieber too yeah and he was horrible and so basically anytime you stream one of her original albums um from 
oh god what was the last thing i think lover and all the way back to like taylor swift the first album uh she doesn't own the the album so if it streams scooter braun gets money so what she's been doing is she owns the rights to the lyrics so she did that so she owns the words so she's releasing them with slightly different music um and releasing them so you'll see songs that say in parentheses Taylor's versions or anytime you see that she owns that. So mm -hmm. if you stream that song, she gets the money, not the man who's making millions off of her. So that's why she's slowly doing that. And as an incentive to like buy that album, listen to that. She's releasing all the songs she made at that time. Well, not all, but some songs she also wrote at that time that didn't make the original cut. And she's also like, for some of the songs, putting her original lyrics in there, the ones that they made her take out and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, and hence how you got like the all too well ten minute version. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So things like that. So she's like, it's and it's much more her, and you can tell versus like a studio executive filtered version. So it's really nice. And so if you like her and want to support her. Listen to the songs that say in parentheses Taylor version. I think the only two albums she owns outright right now, well, no, three actually, are Evermore Folklore, which are her pandemic albums, and Midnight's. She straight up owns those, so there's no Taylor's version. It is her version. Hence why there's like swearing and shit in those albums because she owns them. She's like, I do whatever I want. I love, I'm just surprised that they let her have, I believe Back to December is like over six minutes long. Yeah, like that's yeah. I love that song. Oh my god, it's so good. I yeah, did she's listen. A, to, I did listen to Taylor Swift when I was younger. So like, I, I know. I know you know some of these that we're gonna talk about. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift was uh, pretty big around here because she's from around here, even though she didn't like actually like stay here. Yeah, I mean, she had to go to Nashville, where the music scene is. All right, so let's move on from women, worshiping women, and get into another theme that we all like, which is feeling the colors of the rainbow. This girl, okay, this is something <laughs> my wife pointed out to me. She's like, does Taylor Swift feel colors? Because she uses colors as a descriptor for, like, feelings. Like, there's a whole song just called Red, where she just uses- I love that song. It's great, but she, it, it's like- Colors equal feeling. And so uh, some people can do that where like they feel things from colors. And I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift is one of those people because her lyrics. Anyway, so she loves colors. And I picked out one line from each song that has the colors of the rainbow in them. And so. Oh, I thought this was like one song. No. Because <laughs> I was like. No. Julie would pick this out that she was doing rainbow in one song. I, I wish that she had a rainbow song. We're just, we're waiting for it. Um, it'll happen one day. All right. So the fir first up is uh, a line from Illicit Affairs, which is from the Folklore album, which is, you showed me colors I couldn't see with anyone else, which feels so queer coded to me because it's kind of like, when you finally like get with somebody that you like, or you find a community of people that are like you and you, start to speak the same language that's kind of what this line means to me but colors i couldn't see with anybody else um the next one is from maroon which is from midnights um and it's the lips i used to call home so scarlet it was maroon which i this is probably my favorite one because she's using one color to describe another <laughs> Which is probably one of my favorite. I like this next one. <laughs> you want to read it? <laughs> it says, holy orange bottles each night I pray to you. I'm just like, holy orange bottles. That's the, I don't get it. Um, okay. Where, what pharmacy do you use to fill your medications? Right in. But and what, co what color are the bottles that they give you? white okay so like but yeah they're, they're orange because so as a pharmacist i can tell you why they're never clear and that's because light can degrade chemicals 
And so the standard for a very long period of time was using amber bottles, like glass, amber glass, so that it protected whatever was inside. And so some pharmacies use a plastic version of that, like Target, CVS, Walgreens. And, and it looks like it's orange and it's to prevent the pills from degradating. So this was a song talking about somebody who was sick and was praying that the pills would make the person better. But what if you put it in like a clear thing afterwards? Is that bad? Yes. Okay. It will make your pills less effective because they'll degrade faster. And by degrade, so, it's the active ingredient. That's why most uh, pill containers are rainbow. That's why most pill containers, like, if you buy the, the original bottles they come in, they're just not see-through at all, usually. Like, the original bottles. But, like, when they count them out, they have to put them in another bottle, and usually it's an orange plastic bottle. And so the name of the song is Soon You'll Get Better um, from the Lover album. I've never heard of these albums. <laughs> I've never heard of Lover. I've heard of Midnight. Lover came out when I was a resident, I think 2019. This was before the pandemic, right before the pandemic this came out. We're we're gonna get more into Lover. Lover's a great one. Okay. This is the, like one of the first ones where she was starting to like branch into a different er era, shall we say? But that's this one. The next one comes from one of my favorite songs ever, which is Dress. So this line is, major mark on me, a golden tattoo. She never says yellow, but she uses golden a lot. So I use that for... Um, Maybe she yellow. doesn't like the color yellow. There are theories about why she loves gold, which we're not going to get into because that's Gaylor territory. Uh, can you tell me afterwards? Sure. Okay. Off mic. All right, next one is gr the green color. This is one of my favorite songs ever that she's done. It's called Wonderland from 1989. I think the deluxe album, but I can't remember if it was on OG. And it's Didn't You Flash Your Green Eyes at Me. The song gives me Villainee vibes. It's so good. Oh my gosh, this is just an episode where Theora gets to geek out. Yes. And then for blue, we've got... Uh, Cruel Summer, which she just recently, I think, re-released. Oh, I heard some of that. Yeah, and it's blue. The feeling I got. And there's more. So there's blue. But she's explicitly saying here, blue is the feeling. And lastly, I had to use... I mean, it's the title of the song, right? Huh? Isn't that the title of the song? What? Lavender Haze. Yes, yeah, so I had to use this one. So this is from Midnight's. Lavender haze. I feel the lavender haze creeping on me. And so lavender haze is like, is is a queer term. So uh, like the lavender scare and like all that stuff. So that's a explicitly kind of queer color. And I thought that was fitting for ending the rainbow colors. So she, she there's tons of lyrics that have colors in them, but like we have at least one lyric of every color of the rainbow and just a reference to colors in general. So Queers love rainbows and queers love colors. So this is one other theme that we really enjoy. I have a question. What's up? So for everyone who doesn't know, because why would you? Theora quickly threw this together because we were supposed to film something else. Did you just have all of this like in your head already? I mean, I had to Google. I had the themes in my brain. I just had to like put it on a slide. I just thought like you're like, all right, this color was is in this song and this color, that song. No, I, I had to, like, look up for okay. specific examples. Like, for some of them. All right. So, yeah, colors. Caitlin, thoughts, colors. Is that a um, theme that you're into? I wish I knew what it would be like to, like, think in colors and, like, feel right? colors. Because I just can't understand it. But I've heard, like, people, like, someone can say a name and people will tell you, like, what color is associated with it. That's interesting. It's I yeah. feel like she's one of those people because it's just there's so many. It's called like synthesia or something. Yes, like, that. There, like there's a yeah. I don't know what it's called. You might be right. There's. A I've been in a lot of therapy. I've met a few people who can do this. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a real thing. Yeah, I think that she's definitely in that spectrum or whatever, whatever range this is. I'm not super familiar with it, but queers like their colors. We I like feel like rainbows. I saw something of her talking about this. Probably. Like color thing. 
but yeah, I don't know. So um, very interesting. I like rainbows. When when I was little, this is not relevant, but I used to say that my favorite color was rainbow. And so. you turned out to be gay. So is that a coincidence, <laughs> Caitlin? I don't think so. <laughs> so this is a theme that's right up your alley. Uh, let's see if the next theme is also up your alley. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so this is the theme that comes up over and over and over again. And um, it's secretly or not so secretly being in love with your best friend. Is there a queerer theme out there than this? Yeah, I think this is this, this is like <laughs> the only thing. <laughs> no, I think this is like a universal thing. Like if you weren't secretly or not so secretly in love with your best friend, are you a queer person? Is is my question. I have this. no idea. I, I know. I just I feel like that's the universal experience for this. We're gonna we're gonna listen to the song. And this one starts at the beginning, so hopefully this will go better. Ready. All right. So for the not so secretly or secretly being in love with your best friend, there's no better song for this than Dress from the Reputation album. And we're just gonna play just the first couple of lyrics because you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Our secret moments in your crowded room They got no idea about me and you There is an indentation in the shape of you Major mark on me, a golden tattoo All of this silence and patience pining in anticipation My hands are shaking from holding back from you All of this silence and patience pining and desperately waiting My hands are shaking from all this Okay, Caitlin. Very interesting. Um, I think it's relatable, right? I mean, not maybe not that brought the dress to t- for you to take it off, but very, very. I mean, for the theme of being in love with your best friend, how was this? It was perfect. Yes. <clears throat> so first of all, here's a theme that's relatable for queer people is like closeted relationships or like being with somebody, but then you can't be out in public. So the beginning of the song, secret moments in a crowded room. So like nobody else knows they're together because they got no idea about me and you, but clearly they're together and something. But they are together in this or is it pining? No, there, this isn't the pining. You're jumping ahead to our next theme. We'll get uh-oh, there. Uh-oh, uh-oh, okay. But just the beginning sets up, this is a secret relationship. So. Okay. But with your best friend, though. So, and then the next lines are just like, I don't want you like a best friend. I'm clearly trying to get with you because I bought this dress <laughs> that I want you to take off. So... I think that encapsulates a lot of queer experiences, and I find that relatable. Thoughts? I am rereading and rereading, and it's a lot of words on the screen. Sorry. No, it's fine. I just, I just want it to work out. <laughs> it does in the song. Don't worry about it. I'm just saying in terms of like. How many queer media things have you seen with, like, secret relationships because they're queer? Uh, A lot. Every single thing. Right. So the first paragraph of this song, super relatable, right? Covert relationships. And then the relationship thing where it's, like, best friend, but I want more. Beatrice and Ava. Like, there's many examples of things we've talked about. So this is a very relatable song. Like, just see. Beatrice bought the shirt. So, you just bought this shirt right here, and she that, took off her she took off her own sweater. Okay, 
Theora pointed to her own shirt for the people listening. Yes. Caitlin got me a replica of Beatrice's shirt because I wouldn't shut up about it <laughs> in our other episodes. If you're in a warrior, I'll go with that. But point is, this particular song, these particular lyrics, this theme is very relatable to queer people. And so there's a song you can listen to over and over again, remove the pronouns, and you're like, I, uh, I relate to this. This is me as a queer person. I understand this. And so, Caitlin, uh, jumping to our next, <laughs> next <laughs> our next uh, theme, which is pining. Uh, so much pining. There's that so much is, pining. that pining should just be a synonym of queer. <laughs> totally. And so, dress starts it off with uh, literally saying pining in anticipation. That's why, like, that song is just the queerest, most queerest relatable thing. But she has other, there's other songs that just hit the pining, which, again, warrior done. <laughs> First, get, there's so many, like, uh, things of just, like, queer pining. So that theme, it's uh, embedded in our little hearts. Uh, so another song I wanted to throw in there was Indivisible, which I think is also Speak Now. Oh, it's not on the Red album? Come on, Faye. Is it? I, well, it's in red. <laughs> no, I just put it, I just put it there in red to make it look different (laughs) i know but i thought maybe it was on the red album never mind doesn't matter wait i might have it hold on it's her first album my bad wow i know sorry i i i'm not as good with her like og stuff i apologize i'm not an expert i never claimed to be but anyway so the (laughs) invisible the line basically the entire song is just about literally like her earlier album there's a bunch of them on there because she was in high school when she wrote these and so the whole song is about i wish this person would notice me because if they could we could finally be together it would be amazing so the line is and you could see right through me but if you only knew me we could be a beautiful miracle unbelievable instead of just invisible i don't know what describes pining better than that to be honest (laughs) Um, yeah, no, see, I don't hear it as much, like, because I watch TV and don't listen, like, to lyrics as much, so this is a little harder for me, so I can see it, but. Well, what comes to mind? Of pining? Oh, I just meant, could you see the lyrics, or? No. Um. So you you asked me what better describes pining. Oh, then yes, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, so you're saying TV better depicts it than the song. No, like I can see it more in TV. Like I can recognize it. So I don't really know how to describe it. But this does a pretty damn good job. Yeah, if you just like... So what I picture in this, because it's high school, is just a girl standing by a locker staring at her crush... Just thinking, like, like trying to get, like, wishing that person would notice her and just feeling like you can't even see me, but like, I want you. And if we were together, it'd be so great. That's really what the lyric is saying. It's all about the pining, though. But we, uh, as a queer community, are always, always get the pining, especially in television, because we cover that a lot. How many uh, television shows can you think of where the queer couple is together right off the bat? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that laugh. Versus, we have to wait two seasons at least for them to get together. Is there a show that they st- they start to? I mean, the L word. <laughs> yeah, the L word with one couple, but okay, so like what? Twenty years ago, we had this. So like you know, so relatable because this is the content we get so much. Yeah, Another, I can't I can't think of anything else. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. So next next one is I think relatable, particularly in America. Maybe this is American. I thing. love this song. I know you know this song. So the next the next theme is overcoming small towns and bullies. So a lot of like queer media too, a lot of it t- um touches on, you know, queer people who are isolated in small towns where they don't have a queer community. And often when you're younger, you get bullied by the heteros or the closet cases performing as heteros. Um, 
And so she has many songs that are kind of about this, not just being bullied, but a positive note of just overcoming the bully and getting the fuck out of there. And so with that, we're going to just listen to the lyrics. Um, you've heard this song, so we don't have to play it. But it's mean. Do you want to sing it, Caitlin? <laughs> Do it. Sure. Someday I'll be living in a big old city and all you're ever going to be is mean. Someday I'll be big enough so you can hit me and all you're ever going to be is mean. Why you gotta be so mean? That was such bad, like the octaves, the it wasn't the right key, but whatever. <laughs> no, that was great. And then we didn't have to play it off of Amazon. So thank you, Caitlin. Everybody clap for Caitlin. <laughs> this song um yeah. reminds me of Kurt and Glee because he was always trying to get to New York and he was always bullied in school. Yeah, exactly. I think it's such a I think it's better. Yeah, and I think that that because that I think that made its way into media because this is such a this is a reality for many many queer people, and so it's a relatable theme when it shows up. Yeah, and and I would will say that Taylor Swift, whose concerts cause earthquakes, um, definitely is big enough so nobody can touch her. So she good for her. Oh my gosh, does someone try to touch her? So many people. <laughs> You can probably build a town of people just protecting her. Listen, I saw something on the, somebody on the internet who's like, listen, if aliens come come to Earth and they're like trying to find the leader, they're going to think it's her because because <laughs> of all the people that flock around her and the fact that this bitch is causing earthquakes. I hear more about Taylor Swift now uh, instead of Beyonce, like when I was younger. I mean, so it deserves to be talked about. I don't know much about Beyonce. Oh, Caitlin. We'll, we'll educate you off mic. <laughs> All right. Anything else you'd like to say, comment about the queer theme of overcoming small towns and bullies? Um, I mean, not not the theme, but I, I like the music video. Little Joey's in it. Oh, nice. Uh, I will say that overcoming bullies is something from Heartstopper that we were watching. Oh yeah, as well. another one would be uh, Charlie. I still keep getting them confused. Charlie, Nick, Charlie. Nick is Nick is the puppy dog. Nick, Charlie, no. Charlie is the. There's a whole ass episode called Bully. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking at this, I still can't figure out who's who. Charlie has black hair and Nick has golden retriever hair. Charlie is getting bullied in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. So like, it, it's a theme that shows up, especially oh, with like... Nick and Nellie. That's how I remember it. Yeah, Nick and Nellie. Uh, it's a theme that comes up a lot in earlier queer media and especially, particularly with like um, gay men because like the bullying is, is a reality. How many people out there have been bullied? I was bullied. Like, who hasn't been bullied? So... Particularly when you're different, you know, I feel like this is an un unfortunate universal-ish experience for a lot of queer people. So, especially if you're isolated. Gay? I mean, for being different, that was part of me when I was trying to figure my shit out. Like, yeah, this happens to a lot of people. Mm. I mean, when you're different, you're easy target. And especially in a small town where you definitely don't fit in. Yeah, so like this, this song I feel like is very relatable to a lot of queer people that have been through that i like that song i love that song all right and the last one i <laughs> want to talk about i want to talk about is internalizing like neg negativity about yourself like your authentic self and so i could write a thesis about the anti-hero song from midnight's because it's it a friend of mine who i wanted to get on the podcast like analyze this from a queer lens and it reads very much like a queer person internalizing their own homophobia that's being forced onto them by friends family the world to the point where you can just like it there's self-hatred there and so i wanted to play so so everybody knows 
if you want to sing this part, like everybody knows the famous like bridge, I guess, or chorus, which is it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Do you want to sing it, Caitlin? Do you know this part? I, I can sing the whole thing, I think. Do it. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. Something that was terrible at the end, but... Taylor would be proud. <laughs> Yay! In the mirror, it must be exhausting. Oh, rooting for the anti-hero. Something like that. No, that is it. We're going to listen to a piece of it that really drives home the point of, like, the negativity. Because there's a part where she's singing the It's Me High, and you can hear the exhaustion. Oh, yeah. Her, yeah, in her voice from... Her essentially having to tell herself, I'm the problem, I'm the problem, over and over and over again. When in reality, it's like, you're not the problem. Your authentic self is beautiful. It's freeing just to be your authentic self. And by the end of the song, her tone changes where she's like, accepted who she is. And she's like, it's me. I guess I'm the problem. Whatever. I'm owning who I am. And if you have a problem with it, fuck you. And that's basically the whole course of the song it's such a great song to me it's more like the millennial experience i think that might be the lens she's coming at for real but you can put a queer lens on it and it almost sounds like dealing with internalized homophobia which I, unfortunately i think is a reality for a lot of people so i want to play the part where she is just you can hear the exhaustion where it's like having yeah. to suppress yourself is like really weighing on her so give me just a second i saw a tiktok where she was singing it on the tour and I saw her actually perform that part. And I was like, oh, okay. I understood it more once I saw her sing it. Because, like, she actually performed it how it's supposed to be taken. Yeah. It hit me immediately, this song. Um, first of all, I just... Her lyrics are just so ungodly beautiful when she says, like... What was it? The graveyard? My my depression works the graveyard shift. Like that line is just such beautiful words. This is it's a very beautiful. relatable song. Yeah. Like for just, anything. Because I know I have an issue with thinking I'm always the issue with everything. Exactly. Exactly. But just like, and just the fact that it keeps you up at night, works the graveyard shift. Like just her lyrics are just so fucking good. All right. I just want to skip to the, the part, but unfortunately what we're using is not helpful it's me i am the problem it's me it's me i am the problem it's me it's me hi everybody agrees everybody agrees okay so i want to stop it there and like you just can hear the way it's just weighing on her so much and like the way she like says everybody agrees like so monotone and flat it's almost like that's the part where she's like tired of telling herself this you know yeah sorry i was really distracted by the song <laughs> okay but like what do you make of that section um i mean just that is just so exhausting I'm confused by the word anti-hero. So the he a hero is somebody you root for, an anti-hero uh -huh. isn't. Okay. So, yeah, so she's the anti-hero. Correct. Like no so the whole point of the song is that nobody's rooting for her. They're telling her there's something wrong with her. She's the problem. She's the problem. But anti-hero is somebody who triumphs despite what other people want. So this song is her basically like in that section I played where it's like her convincing herself what everybody else is telling her like at tea time everybody agrees i'm the problem in like polite society i'm the problem and she's telling herself that over and over and over again and in that section you just hear it weighing on her where she's like she's trying to convince herself yeah i'm the problem i'm the problem i'm the problem like she's getting more and more exhausted with every line mm -hmm. because like she's not the problem they're the fucking problem which is why I love when it transitions out of that 
she's it's the cheeriest line ever so like the next line is it's me hi i'm the problem it's me the problem it's me so at the end she like owns it and she's like fuck it i guess i'm the problem i'm just gonna live my life and just be me that's where i like the tone changes so dramatically i saw are we talking about taylor herself or just like this song just the themes in her music but i mean if you want to talk about something about her as long as it's not a gayler thing that's fine no it's just she was talking about how every time somebody didn't like something she changed and she kept changing and now i think she's to the point where she really doesn't want to and i really like that this song is basically telling that and it's really showing people that don't be afraid to be yourself because Really, it's too exhausting to worry, and you'll be a lot happier. Yeah, and you nailed it. That's exactly what this song is about. And I just, I love the way she sings it so with so much emotion that you can hear all of that just in that teeny tiny little section. I just absolutely adore this song. It's so powerful. And I think, you know, it's it's relatable to, to a lot of different people, but I think in the queer context of people who have to deal with internalized homophobia and being told you're different, you're unnatural, like, and having to just keep, con- you know, convincing yourself yet. Yep. I'm the problem. It's, it's me. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. Yeah. Like, when you're like trying to figure out, and I know for me when I was like, shit, I think I'm gay. And like, I just kept thinking that it was a problem and that, and it's exhausting, like trying to like not accept it. And then, once you do accept it, it is kind of like the end of that song. And and it, it feels a lot easier. And... It's freeing. Like, yeah. that's why I love that transition where it's just like very bottom, very low sounding, like exhausted. And then the minute you just like say, fuck it, that's who I am. I mm-hmm. guess I'm a problem for you. And just like, there's, it's freeing. It's liberating. And that's what I feel like coming into your queerness and finding accepting and loving who you are is just it feels like that you know it really does yeah so i i love that song i think it's about many it's relatable in many contexts and just here i think for for queer people there's something definitely to resonate with the good thing i love about her music is that what were you saying caitlin uh her music is able to be like sorry people can find themselves in her music no matter what their background is because they're specific to her but they're also so general that we can see queer themes in them and relate them to ourselves but someone else who's completely different will also see themselves and their story in that and i think anti-hero is definitely I think that might be the most relatable out of any song that she has. I completely agree. And I, I I think when you get past her, like her younger, her, her lyrics and what she's singing about definitely evolves as she gets older. And so this song came from an album she released very recently in her thirties, where she's been through fame. She's lived, has more life experience beyond having a crush on somebody in high school and like pining for them. Like the last theme and the last song, Invisible, that came from her, like, first album. Mm-hmm. Here we are, the last album. And it's about more complex, like, life experience type of issue that, like you said, is universal. And, and I mean, clearly she has a universal appeal because she has fans, so many fans all over the freaking world from so many different backgrounds, like you're saying. So there's something resonating beyond, like, yeah, I know what love is like. This song for me, like you said, I agree. I think this is the pinnacle of just like, this is relatable no matter who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. I love her newer lyrics a lot as I get older. Like, I like that, like, we're the same age. So, like, as she gets older and her lyrics are about more like I've lived life kind of topics like this, I'm like, yes, I relate to this too. So, there's a lot. There's a lot to love with Taylor Swift. But to bring it on home, unless you had more to say about Antihero. I can talk about Antihero all day, just that song. It's just, it's, 
it just I have no words for it sometimes it's just so moving <laughs> I just think we need to get to the slide because I have questions. But uh, we're going to get to the most explicitly queer song that she's released from the Lover album called You Need to Calm Down. And for those listening slash watching on YouTube, I'm just going to read out the queerest lyrics and then we're going to end this and go watch the music video because I'm pretty sure you've never seen it, Caitlin. Oh, hell no, I haven't. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So... Here are the songs, uh, are the lyrics that I picked out that are just, this is an explicitly queer song. So why are you mad when you could be glad and glad is spelled G-L-A-A-D, like the organization. Wait, it's actually spelled like that? These are the straight up lyrics, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's um, just really explicit. It's very explicit. And then um, the anthem from lyrics from this are, cause shade never made anybody less gay. So it's basically about like trolls on the internet hating on queer people. And they're like, whatever you're doing is not gonna make anybody like gay people are gonna exist no matter what you do. And so you just need to calm down cause you're being too loud with your bigotry. And that's really what the song is about. And the music video is there's a lot to unpack but I'm pretty sure she just wrangled up every queer person that lived in LA including lesbian Jesus and had them in the music video so, she got, of course she got lesbian jesus. lesbian lesbian jesus has opened for her before like good for lesbian jesus i know good old Haley. so we're gonna watch the music video because it's 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 just one of the queerest things just ever just ever i'm right. excited to see it all right are you ready caitlin we'll watch it then you can tell me what you think and then we'll close this episode out okay all right. Well, let me just switch my screens. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. And this is when she also, so the end of that video was like, hey, she was kind of like, she was never political, like ever, because, you know, she was a country, started in country. And they're like, you can never say anything. You can never be controversial, blah, blah, blah. This was the first time she ever did anything that was like, quote unquote, controversial. And so this was at the time, I think, when. Panda it was panda pandemic time. So this was before in the United States, the Joe Biden versus Donald Trump election. And mm -hmm. she endorsed Joe Biden and she started here and was like, hey, the country's fucked up. So the, the message at the end of that video, that's from her site, is like, hey, we need to change America, like sign this petition kind of thing. And so with the power and influence that she has, that was huge. Um and uh, people criticize her for not doing enough, which is all kinds of valid. But the fact that she like kind of went against her management and was like, no, I'm going to start doing stuff like this. I'm fucking 30. The stakes are too high. I'm making, I'm going to endorse somebody like was big. And so to make this and then make it explicitly like a political thing was a big move for her and something she'd never done previously. I really liked it. I, I would go live there too. I know. It looks like the dream place to live. Like, it's kind of seems like gay Barbie. Honestly, if there was a, it, it started here. Maybe Greta Gerwig is like, hmm, there's something here. Let's make this straight. Very version. reminiscent of it, actually. Uh, but yeah, so that one's pretty gay because of I mean, the lyrics, like outwardly gay. Yeah, aren't you glad? <laughs> oh, Taylor Swift, thank you. I didn't even know that that song was... I've, like, heard parts of it, but I haven't heard the whole thing. The music video makes it. Especially when she's wearing the bisexual flag colors. And we're like... Girl, what are you doing? <laughs> but... It's very fun. It's very colorful. Like how it's shot, and the message overall is good. Like, isn't it exhausting, just hating other people? Yeah. And when it's it's ineffective because people are going to be who they're going to be. So this is another one that kind of ties into the whole like bullying stuff. Like, and this is specifically about a group of people being bullied and rising above it. Is the whole like message? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I I think I going through her lyrics, I respect her even more first i mean i could never write a song because that just it just blows you. my mind how people can just like figure out a melody and like write stuff to it i just i don't get it uh, so 
I, I love her. I wrote my own lyrics to one of her songs for biology class to get extra credit. That's not relevant, That's awesome. but <laughs> she's helping people learn. Well, if you weren't a fan of Taylor Swift, uh, maybe hopefully this convinced you to at least check out Antihero at minimum. Should um, we hydrate for lesbian Jesus? Yeah, I would hydrate all the water on the planet for Taylor Swift and, and lesbian Jesus, who was in that last music video we watched. I love it. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, on her actual scale, I will give her a 10. Yeah. Which is the highest I've ever given something. Wow, Caitlin's first time. We're making history here. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, go check out some Taylor Swift if we haven't convinced you. And if there's another artist you would like us to spontaneously talk about in terms of queerness queer lyrics that does music please let us know because we've never dabbled uh, explicitly into musical artists so mm -hmm. let us know uh and we'll keep uh keep this party going Woo Ooh. so until next time hydrate for lesbian jesus and get it up all over the place bye bye And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod. Or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus. <laughs>